Right. So let's turn our attention now to the process of nominating a new Chief Justice for the country. Of course, that uh, that process is fully underway with the public also being invited by President Cyril Ramaphosa to weigh in on candidates who they believe it will be fit and proper uh, to take over from Chief Justice Mokweng Mokweng. Chris Oxtropy is a senior researcher at the Democratic Governance and Rights Unit at the University of Cape Town. Chris, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time today. Good morning and thank you very much for having me on. It's been very interesting because, you know, once this process was opened to the public, of course it meant that any names would effectively um, could had the likelihood of, of landing on um, the desks of the panel that now has to sift through all of these these suggestions. And yet, uh, you look at some of the weekend reports about the Western Cape Judge President, John Klopp, and even the public protector, Busiswem Kwebani, mm. and their names uh, that have been suggested, which are seemingly raising eyebrows. I mean, is it surprising, really? I suppose I suppose it's probably not surprising, and mm. and it maybe is the inevitable result of opening the process up in this way. Um, you know, before there would have just been one name that the president put forward for the uh, for the selection process. So the fact that it is opened up to uh, to the general public with all the diversity of opinion that that will be out there, it's perhaps not surprising. Of course, it's the first time the process has been done this way, so we are. We are entering um, entering into fresh ground, um, but I think I think this is perhaps just something that one has to accept with with doing the process this way as opposed to how it was done before. Mm. The the panel, of course, is going to want to ensure that whoever they select is not only appropriate, but I imagine that without casting aspersion on either of these individuals and the multiple processes that they are involved in, uh, would it be a good idea to have an individual who already is trying to clear their names through one or other processes be shortlisted for this position? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. I mean, I think one of the qualities and one of the criteria that we should be looking at um, is the someone occupying this position at the head of the judiciary must be, uh, you know, the highest ethical ethical standards. I personally think that even even if the process is still ongoing, having allegations of the, the gravity that, that surrounds some of the individuals you've mentioned um, is a problem. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it would be appropriate uh, for, for somebody who's um, had an adverse finding of... of you know, such gravity made against them by the by the Judicial Service Commission to then become Chief Justice and chair that same commission. Mm. Um, I just don't think that is a is a sustainable situation. Um, I think what your question also does point out is that it's really important that the panel needs to develop and announce publicly the criteria that they are going to be using uh, to trim that list and to make that selection. Um, and we are told that that process is going to happen and that we're going to get those criteria soon. Um, I think it's really important that, uh, that, that that is done as soon as possible. This issue of a criteria is a really important one because oftentimes, you know, if one is applying for most jobs anyway and there is a job spec, 
you are clear of the criteria before you can even submit your CV because you know whether or not you are eligible for that position. This has not been the case. And, you know, there could very much be a feeling that the criteria, when it is finally made, you know, kind of set up and made public, that it is also done to exclude certain people depending on, on what exactly that criteria will look like. Yeah, and that's, that's a very good point, and it, it shows that the, um, as you say, ideally these uh, these criteria should have been announced um, beforehand. Um, I think it's it's a long-standing problem with the appointment of judges uh, to all positions in South Africa that uh, we haven't we haven't really thought deeply and articulated fully what the what the full criteria are that we're actually using. Mm. Um, so for example, the constitution does say some things, um, but it's it's very broad and there's a there's a lot of room for interpretation in those criteria. So the constitution says that you have to be appropriately qualified and fit and proper. And then there's a second provision that talks about taking uh, gender and racial diversity into account. Um, I know just from saying those, it'll be apparent how much, you know, room for debate and room for argument there is in, in applying that. Mm-hmm. What renders someone appropriately qualified for a position? Um, I, and for whatever reason, uh, that, that, is a, that is work that hasn't really been done as fully as, it, as I think it should have been. Um, so the, the panel will obviously have to be guided by those broad constitutional criteria, but they're going to have to, they're going to, have to be doing... Um, you know more work than that, um, and I think it is it is a pity that we are we are only going to get the get those after the uh, the nominations have come in. Um, but I think if the if the criteria are you know good and strong, um, and we we get them before the shortlisting process is done, then at least there's a basis to um, to assess and hold accountable how that how that process is done. Mm. So I'd rather I'd rather have some criteria eventually than none at all, certainly. But, uh, but I think it, it is unfortunate, as yeah. you said, that we haven't got them sooner. Chris, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line. We'll continue the conversation with Chris Oxtoby, uh, who is a senior researcher at the Democratic Governance and Rights Unit at UCT. Luyanda Maume has your 9.30 headlines. We continue the conversation on the thinking point this morning, and I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. Of course, we can talk about anything that uh, you want to put on the agenda or even reflect on some of the things that have already been brought up so far this morning. On the WhatsApp line, it's 0614-104-107. We continue the conversation for the thinking point with Chris Oxtropy, and we're talking about the Chief Justice nomination process. So, so Chris, one of the other things, of course, and I don't know whether this is a challenge necessarily, is that perhaps what I as Kathy, as you know, an ordinary member of the public would have in mind for what is an ideal candidate for the chief justice may not necessarily be somebody that, um, you know, that institutions that actually work with the law and that want a certain quality of judgments, etc., that they actually consider to be a good uh, a good candidate as well. Yeah. Look, I I mean I think there's there's a there's a very wide range of of factors that one would uh, one would have to take into account. Um, I think it is very important that uh, the chief justice does have those. 
those strong technical legal skills, ability to write judgments, a good understanding of the legal system that you that you allude to. Um, but I think it is important that they also, um, I think this is implicit in your in your question, that they've got a, a broader understanding of the, the context that they that they live in. Mm-hmm. You want someone who understands the um, you know the uh, challenges that communities face. You want someone with a broader understanding of, of the world beyond the law book. Um, and I think one can find that, you know, there'll be there'll be um, many judges who have in their careers done uh, done work uh, closely with uh, with communities, have done human rights work, <clears throat> and um, perhaps have have written judgments where they've had to also grapple with uh, with those kinds of issues. Um, so I think it, I think it's possible to have both those kind of uh, those kinds of qualities uh, present uh, in the same in the same candidate. Um, and I think I think. This position, where you're the, the head of the judiciary, you have to provide leadership to the whole institution, mm-hmm. um, which is an incredibly important uh, organisation, as we know. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging it's a challenging position because you've got to you've got to sort of tick so many blocks, um, including uh, both as, as we've talked about both the, the, the technical legal skills and also the broader understanding of the, the context in which the, the judiciary operates. This process currently of interviewing for the vacant spots uh, at the Chief Justice, uh, sorry, at the Constitutional Court, do you think that we're going to have a better round of interviews that will withstand scrutiny this time? Well, I certainly hope so, because um, we're running into a very serious problem with the number of uh, vacancies that are on the Constitutional Court. Mm. Um, At the moment, the two positions that are being re-interviewed for, as you say, today, those are are vacancies left from the uh, retirement of Justice Cameron, which, if my memory serves me right, happened back in 2019. And then Justice Froneman, who, again, from from memory, was, was last year. So these are vacancies that have stood open for a considerable time. And in the meantime, two more judges of the Constitutional Court are, are leaving office pretty much as we speak in Justices uh, Campepe and Jaster. So as soon once this rerun is done, Justice Campepe and Jaster's positions also need to be filled. And then, of course, um, Chief Justice McQueen leaving office uh, next week uh, means that there's a further spot on the Constitutional Court that needs to be filled. So... Frankly, they can't afford for the round of interviews to go wrong in the way that the, the last one did. Mm. Um, I'm hopeful that the, the threat of legal action um, uh, will, will have focused their minds on what went wrong last time. Um, the fact that there's a new chair, um, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo is chairing it, that may make a difference. I think um, I think a chairperson can make a, a, a significant um impact on the, the, the tone and the, the structure of interviews. Um, and we've seen that over the years with the JSP. So I'm hoping that perhaps the new chair will just freshen uh, things up and, uh, and calm, <laughs> calm some of the tensions from last time. All right. um, but it, it's really important that it, uh, that it goes smoothly this time. Chris Oxtroby, let me thank you so much for your time this morning. And he's with the Democratic Governance and Research Unit at the University of Cape Town. So, um, yeah, that process is, is, is fully underway now. Like I said, we're expecting that the names of the shortlisted candidates will be made public um, 